it may be tougher than pulling the ears off a gun dark but here we are again drew i you know i'm not gonna lie i do miss the um old intro but you know but, yeah. we, we don't always have to stand on ceremony i suppose things things change things do as, change. as the penguin once said things change a version of the penguin yes a, a yes. version of the penguin not not the best version you know <sighs> of the many things the Burton Batman films got right, the Penguin was not one of them. I'm going to be really this is this is odd. The Burton Batman films didn't get much right at all. <laughs> and yet I have a fondness for them. Yeah. Or or at the very least I have a fondness for the first one. Right. I think um aesthetics I think is, it, I, is yeah. mostly where they kind of hit the mark. I think tone, Although with Penguin, they definitely missed the mark. Well, strictly speaking for 89, tone and aesthetics. Um, spot on. Spot on. Yeah. Uh, returns. Returns um, always seem smaller. Yeah. Well, they, they changed sets, number one. Yeah. And then well, because the, the production designer from 89 passed away. Yeah. Anton First. Yeah. And that does so. it. They should have got someone in the Anton First school to yeah. take over. Yeah. But in any case, um, that, that movie's that that movie's eighty nine is just magical. Yeah, it, it maybe is. it just wasn't able to be redone at it that really time. Is. Yeah, but anyway. Well, here we are. Hey, uh, we're kind we're back ish again. I've been kind of teasing the the faithful. I saw that posting cryptic pictures. Is that what that know. is? Cryptic. Sometimes, well, you know, <laughs> sometimes people, a couple people thought they knew what it was, and they probably weren't off the mark. But then I just throw them a little curveball. There's a little Rick. Oli for you, sitting next to old Kitty Anakin. In the words of uh, Roddy Piper, would you say just when you thought you had all the answers, you changed the questions? Sure, 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 sure. I tried spinning. That's a good trick. <laughs> it was not a good trick. So, okay, Whatever. folks, let's Hi. let's let's uh, let's address the the issue here. Mm. What are we doing back in your ears? Um, we're we're kind of back. We're not kind back. <laughs> we're we're not back in the way that you remember us, and the way in which many of you have wished we would come back. And we greatly appreciate all those. Hey, we need you guys back. We need you to come back and whatnot. We really do appreciate them. Um, so this is what we're going to do. We are beginning an anthology series, and. Starting after this episode, uh, we are going to be doing an anthology series on the Star Wars movies. Now, the reason I approached you about doing this is a couple reasons. One, I'm not going to lie, I was kind of getting the itch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I missed our our conversations, our discussions, Um you know, we do still have our regular game night, and as, reg- as regular as can be. I mean, yeah. We do a lot of chatting there, but it's not the same. It's not the same. Geek geek happenings still happen, and yep. just despite our lives being you know more complicated than they used to be, we still have thoughts in the feels about said of geek course. happenings. So, right. You know. um, so this will not be a weekly podcast. What we're going to be doing is we're going to be uh, doing the nine saga films in order of release release that's important yes in order of release and our goal is to give you two episodes a month we feel that is a 
attainable goal, especially since we decided we're going to go super old school devils do. And we're recording these on a Friday night when we would normally start gaming. We decided to do this. So that's, that's the one, excuse me, the one, uh, one of the first things that came to mind is the motivation behind doing this. The second motivation, um, for you all to kind of thank on this was a conversation of kind of a running conversation I've been having with one, uh, Mrs. Molly Williams. Now, Drew, you're probably asking yourself, who is Molly Williams? Molly Williams is the uh, lovely wife of our friend, Adam, Mm -hmm. who writes the show fairly frequently. And, you know, he's, he's been at a couple game events and whatnot. Molly until recently had not seen star Wars at all. Like she knew it was a thing, obviously like because of the footprint this thing has in our lives, you can't really avoid it. And then she saw her first star Wars movie, which was rise of Skywalker. Oh my God. What a, I know what a place to start. (laughs) Conversations have been had, you know, lectures have been given. How did, how, no, how was that decided? (laughs) Adam has been shamed. Well, the, they were, they were vacationing. Uh, overseas and her choice was from make a long story short her choice was go watch rise of skywalker or sit alone in a house for like four hours it's the proverbial buy me bone storm or go to hell kind of choice (laughs) (laughs) more more or less more or less so folks uh for for this you have molly williams to thank because she kind of got my thought process going in that for as long as we've been doing this show, uh, Star Wars has always kind of been in the background. It's always been brought up. It's been like there have been comparisons drawn against it. And we've reviewed three of the films, uh, Rogue One, Last Jedi, and Solo. Yes. Um, <clears throat> and did we Did we not do Force Awakens? We I don't think we did. Okay. I'm 90% sure Rogue One was the first one we did. All right. Uh, Because I think Force Awakens was before the show started. Yeah, Force Awakens was 2015. I believe we started in 2016. Okay. Um, Hey, if I'm wrong, let me know. Uh, (laughs) If you know more about our show than we do, please (laughs) let us know. Which is entirely possible. (laughs) Please let us know. Um, So, yeah. So, it's always kind of been there. And it's something that we both love but as we've discussed in the past we love in very different ways yes, yes um you predominantly love the films yes and I, and more specifically the first the original three the classic films, the trilogy. classic trilogy yes um i love the world as a whole like all the ancillary stuff that comes with it you know not all of it great i don't blindly love it if it has the name star wars on it like you gotta kind of earn my love in that, but like a lot of the ancillary stuff, I do really enjoy. So what we're going to do is, like I said, uh, nine part, nine episode series, not necessarily reviewing the Star Wars films, but we're gonna take like a deeper dive, deeper look at each of the films. And kind of explore why 
this story, why this franchise has had uh, the footprint on our lives that it has had. Because as we, you and I have talked about this in the past, aside from our parents, this is our oldest relationship. Like as far back as I can Mm. remember, Star Wars has always been there. It's been part of my earliest memories. I, I, I could get on board with that. Sure. That and video games. <laughs> yeah. That and Ironically. Um, <laughs> and G.I. Joe for me, actually. So, so yeah. And I felt that, you know, sure, we could do a podcast where we're saying, you know, Star Wars is cool and this is why. Because lightsabers are cool and blasters oh. are cool and X-Wings are cool. But you know what, folks? If you want that, that's fine. I'm not besmirching you for that. There's about a thousand other podcasts out there uh-huh. that will give you that. We're going to approach this a little differently. Um, So we hope you come along with us and enjoy the ride. And right now we are set on the nine saga films. If we get feedback or if you guys want, we can maybe do an ancillary episode here and there that deals with either the spinoff films or some other medium that is taking place in. Um, Again, that is... Don't that, ask me to watch Clone Wars. Yeah, I'm not I, going wasn't to. Gonna, I wasn't going to watch <laughs> I would. There, there are three episodes of Clone Wars I would like you to watch, but that, you know, that will, that I may legitimately ask you to do before we talk about Rise of Skywalker. Okay. Because we'll, we'll see. There will, been a, there will be a lot of uh, what would have been discussions it's, coming to that. Okay. So, but again, each, each trilogy is going to have a different feel to it. Oh, boy, howdy. Yeah. Well, I mean, our, our, our discussions. Um, like, obviously, for the classic trilogy, there's there's more reverence there, and there will be more, you know, nostalgic feels and whatnot. Um, for the, for example, for the prequel trilogy, and this was the kind of, whenever we set out on these endeavors, there's always something I need to get you to buy in on. And, you know, when we initially set out, I I had to get you to buy in on a family-friendly show. Yeah. For this one, I have to get you to buy in like we're not just going to crap all over the prequel trilogy. We're going to take a serious look at it and look at it for what merits it has. Obviously, we're not going to gloss over what it does wrong, <laughs> um, but we're not. it's not just going to be a poop fest. And I'll, then, I'll try my my absolute best. That's all I can ask. <laughs> and then for the sequel trilogy, I think it's going to be more like a kind of, you know, five years later, where are we now type thing. How do we feel about these films now after they've had time to kind of sit, settle and mm-hmm. and digest? Um, so, yeah, that's that's what's coming. That's what's coming. Yeah. As far as hope you like Star Wars. <laughs> As far as um, what we're going to do with this episode, it's just a quick catch-up. Uh, we get we want to do, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Mandalorian. We're going to talk a little bit about Watchmen because we you know, we hadn't done that. And Drew was actually expecting us to launch right into Star Wars. So I was like, you know what? You, we haven't done Watchmen yet, and I'm not going to deny you the chance to talk about that, which you love oh, so yeah, much. Yeah, it was great. Um, <clears throat> spoilers. So yeah, we're, st- we're still going to do all our fun stuff. We're going to take emails and, and messages from you guys and we'll read them on there. You can send us questions, comments, and whatnot. 
Um, Anything of that nature to get into? No, because you know what? I got a new phone recently, and I haven't logged into my Gmail on this new phone yet, and I can't remember the password to our Gmail account. Oh, no. I've got it written down somewhere. I've just got to go find it. So I didn't... I didn't let the people know we were doing this. This will be a nice surprise for them. I hope you find the email before they hear it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, well, I mean, it's not like the, if they send us an email before I find it, it's not like the email is going to go anywhere. No, no. It, it'll all be there yeah. for sure. But anyway. um, So, yeah, we're going to do, do a lot of the, the fun stuff you remember, and it'll you know be be kind of woody banter. But uh, we're just going to – this is kind of our tune-up show. Kind of, you know, Bear with kick, us, please. Kick off the rust and – and get back in the, the swing of things. It's like Bill Murray putting on the proton pack in Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> I always oh, hated God. this part of the job. <laughs> so, a couple things I want to talk about. News-ish items. So I mean, obviously a ton, a ton has of stuff happened has happened since, uh, since we last spoke. I think, what was the last episode we did? Was it? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the first couple episodes of Mandalorian. The first couple episodes. Watch Mandalorian was the, the title of the last episode. seems right. Sure. Um, maybe we'll just go full out and call this episode "Return of the Jedi's." You don't like that? That's fine. to be. We'll we'll figure that out later. <laughs> uh, so obviously, yeah. Again, obviously, a ton of stuffs happened. A couple things I want to touch on. Um, Drew and I, as a, as our friendship has developed over the years, uh, find that we love different aspects of similar things you know some people love coke some people love pepsi oh i'm glad you said pepsi <laughs> <laughs> what do you think i was gonna say well i don't know some people love coke like yeah they sure do no, I, was gonna, I think i was gonna say like crown royal or something uh no we're just moving on uh or no rc <laughs> rc cola mo- mo- moving on so um like, for example, when it comes to fighting games, Drew likes Mortal Kombat. I prefer Street Fighter. Sure. Uh, when it comes to childhood things that we love, Drew loves G.I. Joe. Yes, I love I Transformers. I, it's not saying we neither one of us don't like the other. We just have a preference. Yeah. I, I liked both as a kid, but I definitely leaned harder into G.I. Joe, and that only intensified as I got older. Right. And I'm you know the same way with Transformers. Uh, with... These two licenses, though, I feel in recent years, I've been getting a lot more than you've been getting, but what I've been getting hasn't necessarily been good. Because <laughs> it's, it's been predominantly the Michael Bay garbage films. Now, yeah. there's been some really cool stuff that's come out you know, around that and whatnot, but not having anything to do with that, because those are terrible. Basically, the thing that you love has had its main... Uh, pop cultural presentation be those films and they've made so much money that now that those are like the dominant version of that franchise and that that kind of stinks if i were i'd hate that whereas gi joe uh it's like if rise of cobra did really really well they decided to keep making them right and if it yeah and uh while rise of cobra is god awful and it changed me in a profound way upon seeing it yeah in a way that made me sadder than sad um at the same time i'm i would take that a hundred times out of a hundred rather than have trash bag versions of gi joe be the cultural dominant uh force that the transformers movies became yeah 
I I I prefer GI Joe kind of languishing in obscurity because I can still see all of its unrealized potential and think yeah. someday it could happen. Someday. Whereas Transformers, man, the bloom is way off the road. Oh, so, so off. We, we need a major reclamation project out of Transformers now. Which we may be getting. So uh, dur- to a degree. During the, uh, during the, the dark times, uh, there have been some really cool things that came out, one of which was the uh, Power of the Primes trilogy. That was done on Machinima. Uh, three series of about 12 to 15 minute episodes. Uh, first one was the Combiner Wars. Second one was uh, Titans Return. And third one was uh, Power of the Primes. And these series were fantastic. Generation 1 designs. You know, Peter Cullen got involved in the second and third Series Judd Nelson was in there. Judd Nelson, Judd Nelson was doing <laughs> Rodimus slash Hot Rod. He's the get, <laughs> and it was it was really cool. It was really good stories and really kind of flushed out um, a lot of the new uh, things they're doing as far as you know what where these characters are at now and whatnot. Um, they're really well done. I definitely look them up. They're on YouTube. Um, and Netflix, who is kind of really throwing their hat hard into the 80s uh, cartoon nostalgia show, they did Voltron, which was better than the original, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, they did Shira, which I know didn't hit with all the fans, but I know it hit, it hit with, with new fans. It definitely which hit with new fans. Which is actually the better strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Hit with new fans. Uh, they've got two. He-Man series coming. They do. Um, and now they're doing uh, Transformers War for Cybertron, which first trailer came out for this recently. And Drew looks flipping awesome. Uh, the animation quality looks great. Um, and, and and they're the G1 designs that, yep. uh, honestly, it's all fans want. Just give us yeah. the G1. That's really like, it's like I showed you that, that intro to the Bumblebee movie. Yeah. And it right. was like, why didn't you just do this? Yeah. I I know, I, I I just told you before we started recording at the uh, uh, before Dynamite um, AEW Dynamite by the way, um, before that came on Wednesday Transformers was the movie on before Dynamite so I had to endure like the last five minutes of it before Dynamite kicked on. <sighs> Those movies, they're bad. They're terrible, and they're the, really and, the bad. and the robot designs are just. God awful. They're just ugly. Yeah. Like, I get that, oh, we want to make them more realistic and we want to, you know, we can't we have. We want to make them look more alien. Yeah, whatever. Like, you know what they look like? They look like a pile of hot garbage. Pretty I can't much, yeah. tell who's who. It's just a mess. It's, it's, a, it's just a mess. It's bad. Yeah. Give me them sweet, sweet G1 designs. I don't care if they're physically impossible. <laughs> it's a movie. Yeah. Technically, all fiction. this is physically impossible. Right. So that will be coming soon, and very much looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it. I believe it tells the story of the early days of the war, the Autobot Decepticon War, and you get kind of flushed out what led to the war and whatnot. And so that'll so, be really cool. Um, so what does uh, what do, what do they transform into on Cybertron? <laughs> they have like Cybertronian versions 
of their vehicles. Okay. So, you know. Is there a need for them to hide in, on Cybertron in, in their vehicle form? Drew, I mean, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. I, I mean, you know, I, I, look, I like, I like the so, concept as much as the so next person. Evolutionary person, but, adap- uh-huh. adaptive mechanic. It's Drew, fine. So just take it for what it is. Yep, yep, yep. It is kind of a bummer. Uh, Peter Cullen's not on board with this one, though, right? Um, I'm not sure. I'd I don't be think very surprised if he wasn't. I didn't see. I mean, he's not doing Optimus, so if he's not doing Optimus, then. Well, his voice is not the classic Optimus that you remember. So, I mean, he, it's, it's, it's close, but, yeah. you know, close your eyes and I can get there. But, uh, it's just, you know, it's kind of a bummer is like so many of the, the greats are gone now. Like Chris Latta died. Yeah. Uh, Leonard Nimoy is gone. I mean, granted, he's not. He was a one-shot. One-shot Galvatron, but still, still. um, Robert Stack. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm really excited about it. So Cool. I wish G.I. Joe were getting uh, similar love, but right now. They are getting a little bit of love. Well, there is a Snake Eyes movie happening, and I wish I could be more optimistic about that, but given how G.I. Joe on the big screen has gone, I'm uh, I'm not really that... I mean, Retaliation wasn't all bad. Retaliation had some really great moments. Retaliation was better than Rise of Cobra, and mostly because it steered closer to the comics in, like, almost almost every way. Right. Like, we got way more visually uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Accurate? Yes. Visually accurate re- uh, version of Cobra Commander. Yeah. Uh, um, the Red Ninjas showed up. We got a legitimate Cobra uh, Commander. Like, we had an awesome ninja scene. Yeah. like it, um, We it, had the RZA. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Like you remember from the comics. <laughs> no. But no, I just, it, like Firefly was there in yeah. the urban camo. Looking like Firefly, doing things Firefly does. Yeah, I, I swear um, I saw some his tanks at There were his tanks you know, in there. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it was great. It, that, it, that's all I needed. Yeah. And, you know, fine. But Rise of Cobra, man. Yeah. <sighs> PTSD yeah. just kicked in but, there. Anyway. Um, if, if everyone remembers, we, we've had... Um, Oh, man, I'm drawing a blank. Toy Galaxy. Dan Larson. Dan Larson. Yeah. Friend of the show. We had Dan Larson on the show a couple times. I still got, like, stuff at home that I wanted to send him for being on the show last time. That Let's get him back on and talk about these Joe figures. Uh, so, yeah, he he said that there was a rumor going around that uh, G.I. Joe was going to be reintroduced in a six-inch line. And lo and behold, at the uh, New York City Toy Fair, uh, they launched a full line of new six inch well not a full line we got, i wouldn't call we it a full line four four figures. figures and that's a start four four three, four four yeah no villains no villains um six inch gi joe figures i'd say 85 percent of it looks really really cool yeah i i mean as far as the designs of the characters go i think there are fair um updates for what you'd want a a semi-futuristic yet grounded military toy to be in 2020 like they the designs are basically the ones you remember so they did duke scarlet roadblock and snake eyes right and they look 
like they should with, yeah. with modern flair. Snake Eyes was the first one I saw, and I thought oh, he God. was just a one-off Stellar. figure. I didn't know he was part of the line. Yeah, but he. Looked I thought amazing. there was going to be like just that Snake Eyes for the collectors, and then the rest of the line for like you know standard public release. Well, the way they're doing it, I think Snake Eyes is like a deluxe figure. Well, no, and the, the other ones that are packaging of Snake Eyes is oh, like that's... a con exclusive deluxe. Oh, okay, but he'll be packaged in the standard package. He won't I believe he won't have as many accessories? Yeah, he's loaded in that yeah. package, man. He's got multiple weapons and, and hands, and all the ninja all stuff, stuff and the yeah, Uzi yeah, yeah. stuff, and so so the designs are fine. Um, the only thing that's really bothering me, besides the fact that the no villains were introduced uh, in the toys. Roadblock's gun. <laughs> yeah. It's really dumb. It's it really dumb. looks like a big tuning fork. Yeah. I it's mean, very, like, I get it. The world we're living in now, you can't really do, like, guns, uh, finger quote, hang on, guns. Carl. Bef- uh, hang on. As you say that, I I agree with you that someone was thinking that, and yet, Snake Eyes is packaged with his straight-up signature Uzi, and Duke's machine gun looks very much like a machine gun. Right. So why is Roadblock's big machine gun somehow like a bridge too far? I don't know, man. It it doesn't look right. It looks just weird. Goofy. Very goofy. But other than that, hey, new G.I. Joe stuff. New G.I. Joe stuff that isn't instantly identifiable is horrible. Oh, no. Yeah, like Um, I said, they look look really cool. But... uh, and I know Dan uh, Larson has talked about this on his recent uh, Q&A show, I think. Like, those figures, they're very cool. And I hope they sell well to whatever market they're being, you know, marketed to. But I don't think that toys are what kids care about anymore. So, like, these are more, these those new figures are very much for people like us. Yeah. Like, toy people they'll be in the toy aisle like target walmart yeah but, you know kids in gi joe i i don't see it coming back i yeah. mean they did just do a new mobile game which i don't care about but i mean that that might be a more that might have more reach to kids than right. that these toys will which is a bummer but that's just unfortunately how it is uh maybe the snake eyes movie's really good and that gets a little reach into kids minds about the universe I mean, of gi joe be. I don't know. I just could I, be. the world is better with GI Joe in it. I feel, <laughs> but it'll never be like it was. Well, like, no. Like I don't know that that toy line captured my imagination like you would not believe as a kid, and I know I'm not alone. I follow that same Twitter account that you do. Yeah, the, the classic GI Joe. Oh my god! Sometimes they throw things on there like, wait, this was GI Joe. Like, yeah, it was today or yesterday. Like some zombie. Echo Trooper. Eco Zombies, yeah. I was like... 90s were weird, man. Yeah, 90s were very fluorescent. They were trying to... G.I. Joe. By that point, they were just trying to stay relevant with with the toy times, you know? Yeah, I get it. And it's... Again, it is a bummer, because when that line was was hot in the the mid-80s, man, it was was just the best. It was the best. It was great. It was great. No Transformers, but it was kind of it, yeah. it, No, it was better in Transformers. As a toy line, even I will be the first one to say G.I. Joe is probably the best toy line. I you know the funny thing about that, I, and I say this as someone who has grown up to be very much, uh, I'm a very, I don't want to get too bogged down in, in any big topics on this podcast, but let's just say I'm not super into the modern American 
uh, military fetishism that we seem to embroil ourselves in, culturally speaking. Yeah. That is not to say that I do not love and respect members of the military. But I feel like as a culture, we have gone really hard into militarism. And I don't love that as a, you know, nonviolent, functional adult. Yeah. Saying that, though, God, I love G.I. Joe. (laughs) It's... I love that. I love G.I. Joe, man. I always will. It almost feels like it's an overcorrection to the reaction, you know, Vietnam soldiers got when they came home. But at the same time, like, how do you, how do you overcorrect? No, I know. I, again, like that? I'm not like, trying to make a big deal yeah, out of it. They get all the, the love and respect they're due. And I'm just putting my um, own feelings on the line into no, perspective. I like I sh- by all rights, I shouldn't love GI Joe, but I do. Yeah. <laughs> Man, do I ever do. I think it's the villains, to be honest with you. It's <laughs> great villains. They're, they're so magnetic that I, they just I, they sell I, the whole line. I'm sure that there will be villains introduced in the line before it hits. Oh shows. yeah, the, the villains are too good. You'll Cobra. probably get uh, Cobra Commander, Baroness, Storm Shadow, and either the fourth one. My bet would be either Destro or Zartan. That's that's a very safe assumption. Yeah. Um, if you, if you want to throw me a Firefly, I will be very okay with that. <laughs> Maybe some cool. dreadnoughts. Maybe, Maybe some dreadnoughts. 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 Yeah, yeah. Dreadnoughts. You think I would know this? Well, it's been a while. <laughs> it's, been, <laughs> it's been a while since Cold Slither released. Oh, dude. <laughs> I saw. Okay, so are you? You're hip to memes, right? Yeah, yeah. I saw there's there's a new meme going around where it's like someone in a crowd of people at a concert and they have a sign that says "Your music saved my life." And then usually it's followed by a picture of some right, ba- right. some band of some kind. Yeah. I saw one of those where it's someone holding the sign, your music saved my life. And it was a picture of Gem and the Holograms. <laughs> and I just thought, that, but Cold Slither. <laughs> You're right. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Someone make that happen to the show. Oh. Okay. Uh, let's, let's talk about a couple shows that... Oh, we're just going to dive right into this? We're just going to dive right into uh, it. Th- th- we don't want to th- talk about anything else? What else do you want to talk about? I don't know. I'm... Batmobile? Um, yeah. We talk about the Batmobile. I mean... Looks great. It, Dude, again, you know me. I know you. I'm kind of Batmaned out, have been for a long time. Yeah. And yet, I saw the new Batmobile, and I was kind of like, dude, this, this suddenly... You had my interest. Now you have my attention. Yeah. I don't know. Why, why, why does this get my attention more than previous iterations do and i say that because i didn't really like the suit reveal at all i thought it looked kind of bulky and armory and goofy and i'm not into that yeah i like a more sleek batman personally Mm -hmm. but i saw the picture of him standing with the car and i was kind of like i all right i like this i like this what's going on here i like that it looks like it was built from a real car yeah yeah it looks like he literally took a dodge challenger tore it down to the frame and then just rebuilt it from you know the ground up to suit his purposes i do however question the tactical advantage of an exposed gonna, engine yeah, i was gonna say that <laughs> then again it's no more um it's no more or less uh unrealistic than a turbine driven batmobile that michael keaton had fair enough because you know one stray pebble into the turbine and his whole car goes boom so yep you, you, you know we got to suspend yeah. a little disbelief here i get you but i don't know it just seems like uh the the the, the pictures were very you know professional very professionally done yeah and and 
you know, everyone was very quick to judge the set pictures of the stunt double on the motorcycle in the, in the right. suit. And yeah, it looked a little goofy, but you're talking about a stunt man in a stunt suit right. that is probably only going to be glimpsed for like milliseconds on film. Yeah. And something that looks like a legitimate bat cycle. Yeah, right, like, right. But people were crapping on the suit as well. And it's like, I can't judge that until we, I see. We haven't seen. No, I have to see Pattinson. Full, we in haven't the full seen reveal. the actual full suit reveal yet. On, on Pattinson. Right. Yeah. So, but I did. He, but he's in those pictures with the Batmobile. And yeah. it looks very cool. Yeah. And my only thought, and I don't know, I'm, maybe this is why I'm so like surprised that I'm as into this as I am. Like, I I know nothing about Robert Pattinson. Like, I didn't see Twilight because it's not. I'm not yeah. in the demographic. No. But uh, by all accounts, from I trusted friends that have seen him in other stuff. He's a great actor, from what I hear. Like, magnetic, great, yeah. intense actor. I think purely aesthetically. Yeah, he looks like a very intense young Bruce Wayne. I I see it. I can I can look I can look and go, yeah, I get it. I totally get it. So that and I love uh those apes movies. And yeah. Matt, Matt Reeves did the two good ones. I mean, not that the first one wasn't good with James Franco, but it was like the that second was, two that was like ratcheted yes, up. the first one was like the proof of concept, and then the, the, the Matt Reeves ones where it's like, oh no, this is what we can really do with all this. Yeah. So I like the director and uh, I like the car. So you kind of it's kind of got my okay. Let's all right. What what, yep. what are we doing here? And I guess what I want to see now, I want to see the city. Yeah. I want to see Gotham. I kind of hope they take a cue from, I haven't seen the film yet, but of scenes I've seen from it, I kind of hope they take a aesthetic cue from the Gotham city. We see in the Joker film seventies uh, dirtyish. I'm not sure if you're going to get that, but maybe you I know we won't get an Anton first style Gotham city. Cause frankly, I don't think that car, that suit design fits that aesthetic it doesn't not fit that aesthetic but i just don't think there's any it would take a uh it would take a tim burton-esque director to get us back there and yeah. I, I don't see matt reeves doing that but that said i do hope it has more flair than and this is not meant to this is not meant as a statement on the films i just hope that gotham has a little more flair than the dark knight movies where it's just like oh it's chicago yeah, I like Chicago, and I like and for those movies that were very grounded in, and I'm quoting reality. Right, that works perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. But I miss I like steer a little bit. It's like it's like we talked about when we saw Justice League. The moments where it's steered into the fantasy are yeah. the moments we enjoyed the most. See, like this is a thing with uh with Batman that Marvel doesn't really have, and I'm a Marvel guy. I, I'll yeah. you know I'll say that, but. The thing with Batman, and I'm like, again, I'm very Batmaned out, but what the thing I can't deny about Batman, and part of the allure almost, is like his universe, Gotham and all that, it's almost like a fairy tale. Like, yeah. it's, it is a mythic little world unto itself, and everything in it has a magnetism about it that you can interpret and and everyone knows. Right. And there's just something about that that's really interesting. And if they nail, if they do, like making it Chicago is a little less interesting than like, oh no, yeah. Gotham is this crazy, weird, gothic architecture place. 
with right. you know all this history and you can just see it in every yeah. every nook and cranny that's what i want to see gotham city should almost and this is going to sound weird but gotham city should almost feel like boston mm. where it's been like kind of built tore down rebuilt tore down rebuilt and just kind of built upon itself sure like street design doesn't make sense or anything because it's like this old town, like old, old old town. Whereas like metropolis should feel like New York city. Sure. Very grid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Tall reaching skyscrapers and whatnot. Yeah. So I like that. Yeah. Um, again, that watch that first Burton movie and it's just, I don't know. Yeah. That just clicks for me. The other thing that I was thinking about, and this is all pure, I'm purely like in fantasy booker mode right now. So, uh, (sighs) Wouldn't it be cool if to some degree, given that it has had such a historical um, impact on Batman and people who grew up with it uh, are now of age to really celebrate it and want more of it, uh, the animated series I'm talking about, of course. Right. Maybe they steer into the animated series aesthetic a little bit, which wasn't too far off from... uh, Actually, no. It was it was different than the than the uh, Burton aesthetic. It, Burton's was more. It took its cues from the Burton aesthetic. Yeah, you, you could see the Burton aesthetic was kind of the spiritual influence of it. But it doubled but down on like the deco. Did their own thing. Yeah, I, I wonder if uh, how cool would it be if like the the car we see is the car we see because it's like proto Batman. But maybe just maybe he gets a new car at the end of the movie, and it's like yeah. the animated series Batmobile. Oh. But real. The animated series Batmobile would be very difficult to... Oh, yeah, it's purely, anim- you know... It- make real. Because oh. there were scenes in the animated series where that car took a curve and it, like, the car bent around <laughs> the curve. And it looks great in animation, but... Yeah, in they, reality. Yeah, this is why uh, the Anton first Batmobile had to have the... the, the uh, the uh, cable hook to make turns because I couldn't really do them very well otherwise. I don't know. I'm just I'm just I'm just purely speculative. It would be I think it'd be pretty cool if uh, we got some animated series kind of nods. Yeah. In the in the movie, I think people would really go crazy for that. Anyway, yeah. Go Batman. Go maybe <laughs> maybe we'll see. Yeah, we we definitely will see. Um. So. Yeah. I think that's as far as new stuff goes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot happening with Marvel too, but yeah, um, we'll, I mean, we'll we'll catch up on that when the time comes. Yeah, if you want us to catch up on everything that's happened since, yes, we've seen spoke. what U.S. Agent looks like. Yes, I think it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, probably are of all of that. Uh, <laughs> I have a lot no. of questions about WandaVision, and and I'm sure you all do too. Looking looking forward definitely to. Oh those yeah! Shows. Oh yeah! For sure! Can't wait. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about a couple shows. Why don't we start with Mandalorian? Sure. Um, when we last spoke, I think we were three episodes into Mandalorian. Was it that many? I don't remember. It was the, possibly. It was at most three. Okay. Um, and now it's, it's, as it's, we over. Know, it's, it's over. And Baby Yoda is a cultural phenomenon. Oh, Baby Yoda is such a thing, which, okay, fine. It's, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm okay with it. Um, so yeah, thoughts, um, more of that, please. Yeah. And I say that 
as someone who has been very skeptical of a lot of Star Wars content uh, in recent years. But Mandalorian gives me... I th- it resonates with me a lot because it gives me the side of things that ultimately I think got forgotten about in Star Wars. That being the non-Jedi Sith stuff. Uh, so we got more of the criminal empire kind of stuff, more of the seedy underbelly kind of stuff. Right. Um, you know, you say you love the world and not for nothing. I do too. It's just the movies as they are really only, well, somehow I'll use the word devolve into only caring about one aspect of that world. That being all the Jedi Sith stuff. And I'm not going to lie, that stuff gets real tedious real quick. And it sucks a lot of the air out of the room because that stuff in the original trilogy is very mysterious. And in a way, that's all it needed to be. And, And because you're dealing with war, I got a rebel alliance. I've got a faction of military. I've got an empire, also a faction of military. We've got bounty hunters. We've got underbelly criminals. We've got Jabba the Hutt in his little network and all that stuff. And like all that stuff in the original trilogy is cool. And then somehow along the way, the Jedi Sith stuff just like took over the mythology to a degree where that's all there was. And not for nothing, I saw the little announcement about the High Republic stuff coming yeah. out. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, all right, it's more lightsabers. I, I've seen that. I've seen a lot of that. Granted, in the time period that it takes place in, that would it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I get that. But there's more to all this. Right. Mandalorian gave us more of the other stuff. And yes. I... Man, what a great job they did too. It they really did a great job. Mandalorian achieved in in stellar fashion what Rise of Skywalker so colossally failed to do. <laughs> We're going to talk about Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, you know, a little bit of spoilers for for our Rise of Skywalker episode, which granted it's going to be our last episode, so it's ways down the it's road. down the road. You know, there will be, I mean, I'll have watched it at least one more time. Um, Mandalorian gave us new stuff while servicing the old guard of hardcore fans. Sure. And, like, and they didn't. Like and it didn't undermine anything. Right. Right. Like Rise of Skywalker would literally stop to go, Hey, hey, look, there's this thing. Yeah, and not only that Look, it's wedge for yeah. three seconds. And and not only that, it, it did it it did things that made no sense for the sake of right. of of doing that. Right. And like with Mandalorian, you have a whole episode where it goes to Tatooine. Yeah. Now I'm not gonna lie. When I first started watching that episode, I was like we really have to go back here. You've been going so good with, you know, the new stuff, new yes. plants, whatnot. Yes. We really have to go back here. But it was so wrapped. It was so surrounded by new stuff. 
Yeah. That I didn't mind. And it made sense in the story. Yes. They're at, they're, this story takes place in the Outer Rim. Yeah. Tatooine is one of the central planets of the Outer Rim. You know. Plus, it gave us uh, a cliffhanger that I still think people are talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Who was the figure that walked up to... At the end. At the it, end. With the spurs. A lot of people still saying it's the Fett. Makes sense to me. I mean, at this at this point, they have established enough credit that if they, you know, if the trailer for season two came out tomorrow and they showed Boba Fett, I'd be like, all right, let's see what you do with it. Well, I think they've developed um, Jin Darren. Is that his name? Uh, that's Did I say it right? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, the Mandalorian. The, Man- the Mandalorian. Yeah. I think he has... I think in that first season, we have now established who he is and his motivations, and I think we like him quite a bit, actually. Yes. And I think they're kind of setting it up if that was, in fact, Boba Fett. I think because this is kind of a Western, too. Right. We might end up with a little little showdown between Boba Fett and and our Mandalorian, and not for nothing, I hope our Mandalorian takes care of business. Yes. Because he's proven himself to be way more capable than Boba Fett ever was. True. I I like this Mandalorian. (laughs) I do, too. Uh, All the characters in this were great. Yeah. Um, You know, Keelik, Ulik, R.I.P. Oh, Quill. Quill, yeah. He, He has spoken. He... Not not so much anymore. No, I, oh man, wasn't that? Oh. That was like I, I was like maybe he's just stunned. The tongue hanging out of the mouth is not a good sign, but maybe he's just stunned. See what's amazing? What's amazing to me is that we're even talking about this in such reverent tones. Like yeah. that show made me feel something for right. this weird weird Ugnat guy. Yeah. Like I couldn't tell you. I could in the new trilogy. I'm sorry. How many things that really emotionally affected me? Not too many that weren't things I already knew. Like Luke Skywalker dying? Sure, that got me choked up. New character beats? I'm sorry, not not really at all. Yeah. Um, so Mandalorian presents me with new stuff that I'm like invested in yeah. and I care about. Um, IG-11. Yeah, yeah. Good little self sacrifice there. That, that last episode, man, I was I was rolling tears. Man. I know, like, I know. Carl Weathers, Carl Carl Weathers gained fifteen pounds from all the scenery he was chewing. <laughs> <laughs> but God bless him. I'm fine with it. I am okay with it. Is like uh, just Mando, all that. Mando. You're a legend, Mando. Like I thought that was a little hammy in the beginning. But then when you get, you know, in the later episodes, when he comes back and like, he's, you know, talking, it's like, come on, baby, do the little magic hand thing. I'm yeah. Like, <laughs> Carl Weathers, I love you. Um, Can we talk about how Carl Weathers almost lost a hand in another franchise? <laughs> right. Lost his hand in Happy Gilmore, lost his arm in Predator, almost lost his arm in Mandalorian. Yeah. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. <laughs> John Beam John and Fa- Carl Weathers' hands. John Favreau knew what he was doing. Yeah, he did. Uh, the, uh, oh, God. The bounty, the um, rebel shock trooper. I don't know her name. Oh. Uh, Carlo, Carlo Gugino. Yeah. Not, no, Carlo Gugino. I'm an idiot. No, what's her name? Uh, see, now I got to look it up. 
Now I gotta do. It's like Carlo Gugino, but it's not Carlo Gugino. No, it's. Uh, gonna hate this. Wanna find it? I know. I, I really feel like a like jerk this now. Character. I know. Gina Carano. Gina Carano. There it is. I man, see, I knew it. It's like Carlo. You see how I could get confused? Yeah. No, I I I, I see how you scum. I don't know how to spell Mandalorian. Mandal- you don't know how to spell Mandalorian? <laughs> Shush. <laughs> okay. In, in fairness, it's not man. Even though he calls him Mando, it's not spelled Mandalorian. <laughs> I was not putting Cara Dune. Cara Dune. Cara Dune. Okay. Got great it. character. Got it. Yeah, she was good. Um. So yeah, all these characters are really great. I can't and like the Baby Yoda. Great. I love the fact that minimal CGI was used on it. Yeah. That, you know, 98% of the time it is a puppet. Now, see, you would think that I wouldn't like Baby Yoda because it seems like such an exploitive thing. That as I soon would... as I saw it, I was like, oh, crap, they're doing that. Oh, yeah. Drew was going to hate this thing. And yet it was done in such a way that I didn't. Yeah. You know, like you're doing a lone wolf and cub thing. Fair enough. I get and and it, it it works like it you know it's not like look it's not an Ewok you know what I'm saying like it's not an Ewok it's not Jar Jar it's Baby Yoda it's not Jar Jar and Baby Yoda gets some shine like as soon as he's in the, you know, pushing the buttons in the cockpit I'm just like all right even even <laughs> I'm not as, immune to this as parents we've been there yeah and we but, he, but he picks him up puts him yes. on his left <laughs> yep 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 that re- yep yep that sh- that me. resonates dang it you got me uh huh uh huh and he gives him the little button thing. Yeah. He's going to get a helmet at some point. You know that. hope so. <laughs> Are his ears going to stick I, out of it? <laughs> I genuinely hope it is, and I don't expect it to be, that it is not actually like a clone of Yoda. Yeah, I have no I idea it, where they're going. I think going. if they say if it's a clone of Yoda, then that's... Well... It might be out. It might... If, I, if I'm going to start knocking knocking it, um, I'll... I'll one thing that still doesn't sit right with me is um, the portable carbonite chamber because I feel like even in Empire, that was a... I, at least I took it to be, as I understood it watching the movie, Yeah, that had never been done before. And it was a very risky idea to try to freeze someone in carbonite because it was used for, you know, shipping of right. like, you know, physical goods but not people. Well, so, I mean, you figure, okay, so Boba Fett takes Han to Jabba. Yes. Whole bunch of questionable characters in that palace talking, word gets around, and they say, hey. You, you can know, freeze people in carbonite? You can freeze people in carbonite. It works. All right. I'll, Bounty Hunter's job just got a lot easier. I'll I'll follow you there. Okay. okay. Um, trying to think of anything else. Before we move on, yeah. If they make them, if they make Baby Yoda a clone, that's going to be a big sticking yeah. point for me. I'm, I'm cloned out. Um, just have him be a child from Yoda's race. Yeah. that's all you got. to... I mm-hmm. mean, and, and and make it you that way. You can keep his race mysterious. Yeah, and you can say that they don't really know where he came. Well, someone knew where he came from, but maybe they got killed along the way, seeing right. as they, that you know the Mandalorian had to you know. Uh, rescue this child from clutches of evil or whatever. Right. Those people are probably dead, so we might never know where they found him. Yeah. But don't make him a clone. Just have him be a child of Yoda's yep. race or whatever. Uh, Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon. Gus. Gus Fring. Uh, just 
Giancarlo Esposito. I oh, will, dude, you got to tell me. I'm there for, for anything he does. You got to start watching Breaking Bad then. I'm not going to watch Breaking Bad. You really should. It's, you really it's should. It's past the point it's of overhype. It's so not. I'm, I'm not going to enjoy it the way it should be enjoyed. I think if you got into it, you would, and you'd get it. And now he's on Better Call Saul as well, and it's like, man, this guy. This guy is he's so a great, great actor. He's a very great actor. Yeah, uh, fandom's collective jaws hit the ground when he broke out the dark saber. Yeah, see, I don't know anything about that, but I know that people. I know it's a thing. All I know is that it's a thing. Yeah. So he's got the thing. It's it's something you would not expect to appear in a live action Star Wars. Yeah. Property. And because yet there it, was. it has been solely you know part of the clone war series and the Rebels series right and it is the representation of the leadership of mandalore whoever holds the dark saber is considered to be the leader of mandalore um it's a lightsaber that was forged by the first and i believe only mandalorian ever to become a, a jedi and you know after he passed away, the saber was kept in the temple, and Mandalorian sacked the temple and took the saber. And so, yeah, um, that's really, really interesting that they they brought that out. So, well, I mean, Mandalore was sieged by the Empire. So, yes, that's happening currently. In no, it was sieged by the Republic. Well, no, there was a couple. There have been a couple sieges of Mandalore. <laughs> They're going to be showing one in the current season of Clone Wars. Um, which is being shown now on Disney Plus. Oh, it's Friday. New episode. You don't have to watch that one. Get home. Um, and here is Drew not caring at all. Nice. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, we get season two in October, which I'm excited about. Not going to lie, a little trepidatious that they said classic trilogy characters will be. Oh, really? This season. I'm hoping these are like who? <laughs> deep cut. They must you be know, because our principles are kind of less characters. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, listen, I say that if you're telling me that, and I know it's not going to happen, but if you're telling me that, you know, Mark Hamill's going to show up, we're oh. going to de-age him, and I'd be like, okay. Uh, I don't, don't do that. Yeah, I don't want to see that happen either, but, um, but yeah. Cool. So, I'm, I'm, in, cool. I'm, in, I'm in for Mandalorian. It's, yeah, it's, I'm definitely in for Mandalorian. Um, I like it. I like the tone. I like the setting, and I like that. And then more, almost more than that, I like the characters. So yep. and that's important. It's gotta get that ship in the X-wing now. <laughs> games. Let's get that. Get that going. So speaking of TV shows that we like, yes, Watchmen. Oh, Watchmen. Um, so uh, yeah, you you go, sir. Oh, I don't. No, no, I don't. I don't have to go on a whole thing here. But you know, if you've listened to this show and you've, you know, you know me, Watchmen is very near and dear to my heart. And as I said before on the show, super skeptical of the concept of a TV show of any kind. And it got my attention when they when David Lindelof said that he was doing a remix of Watchmen and which turned out to be basically a sequel of Watchmen. Um and then Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross got on board for the music and suddenly, you know, the perfect storm of things had my attention. Right. Now it's one thing to have my attention, but then they had to deliver and uh now that it's all done and ended, 
I will sit here and tell you, um, I I believe that that TV show is something that you could hold up next to the original graphic novel and say, this is Watchmen. Yes. Uh, and I don't say that lightly. Like, no. Because be- there's other Watchmen content out there now, unfortunately, like the before Watchmen stuff. I would tell you straight up, ignore it. It's crap, and it... No, well, I mean, there's the Men of no- Men book, Darwin Cook. Beautiful artwork. Love Darwin Cook. May he rest in peace. But it's just... It's not necessary. And it adds nothing. The the new series, you could argue... Some of, you could probably say that, the, that the, the TV show doesn't add anything necessarily either. But it takes the legacy... But it tells a whole new story, right? And it focuses on new characters, while also acknowledging the old characters, and it yep. tells its own story with its own topics in mind that are not centered on the same topics as the original, and it delivers just a, a wonderful. Uh, it's it's magical, it, and and to, to add to the experience. Um, if you didn't keep up with the PDPedia stuff week to week as the show was you know being released, um, just like the comic, it's supplemental materials that enrich the whole narrative yeah. further. And man, I was glued to all of it. And it was like this: Lindelof did what Alan Moore did. He 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 took this concept, developed it into a world, a, a real lived-in world. Right, like it's it. It is deep. The well is deep and intricate, and yet you—it's—it's it's just perfect. And then taking that, taking that even a layer further, the three volumes of the soundtrack that I have on vinyl—it's um, not just like, oh, here's the Watchmen soundtrack. No, right. Each volume of the soundtrack is an in-world object of watch of the Watchmen world, and. Uh, comes if you read the booklet that comes with the vinyl each one of them um it has details and histories of these artifacts and what their place is in that world and it's all in universe like it's it's mind-bending the first volume is the last recording by a band called sons of pale horse who took their name from the band pale horse who was the band performing at madison square garden the night of the squid attack so the sons of Pale Horse were inspired by Pale Horse and yeah. like the event, and they made this avant-garde, you know, whatever. There's a whole fake biography of the guys involved. Right, right. The music is still Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, but like the, the releases have this in-world history, right? The second volume was the soundtrack to American Hero Story, which was the TV show in the TV show. And then the third volume, my favorite in-world artifact, is... The album called The Manhattan Project, which is the final album by the band in the Watchmen world, The Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> Not Nine Inch Nails, The Nine Inch Nails. The. And it's, tr- it's, it's like there's a fictional biography about Trent Reznor in, in this world and like his path in the Watchmen world. And uh, the fragile, spoilers, there is no fragile in, in the Watchmen world. After the Downward Spiral tour... Trent had like a breakdown on stage and was never seen again. <laughs> like it's so it's so wild, dude. It's awesome, and it, it like all this stuff culminating into just uh, a really fun experience, and uh, all that's great. But like the show itself, the content of it, phew, masterful, masterful writing, um, 
just I I loved I loved it. Yeah. I loved it so much. And it looks like it's and I think we are both in favor of this. It looks like it's going to be kind of a one and done thing. Yeah, for now. Yeah, um, they've they've said there's no. Um, I guess HBO recently it, released some numbers saying, yeah, you know, for as much as people were talking about it, not as many people were watching it. Well, they weren't watching it live, but right. it's been a big streaming hit for them. Yeah, and it's it's a word of mouth hit, and that's fine. Yeah, and they want more because the buzz was building on it. But Lindelof basically said, if I don't have the idea to do it, right. I'm not going to just do it to do it. He learned his lessons from Lost, he might say. You, you could say that. And I, I, you know, number one, good, smart. Right. Number two, good on HBO for honoring that as well, saying, like, all right, well, we'll we'll wait for you, you know. Uh, well, honoring it so far. So far. If they get the itch, sure, they could, we demand more. And yeah. that would be a shame. Because I think you've you've really done something truly special, and I hope I hope artistry can win out here that they can acknowledge that they've done something very special. Right. Don't know if they will, but for now they have, and uh, I'm I'm I just I, it's it's amazing to me that 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 this thing exists and went off so well. Were you uh, disappointed at all that we did not get a night owl appearance? Yes, but no. Um, he's in the he's in some some of the supplementals to some to a small degree, right? Um, he gets talked about at least in the supplementals. Yeah. Uh, if there was no room for there, was there room for him in this narrative? I don't I, know that there was. Yeah, I don't think so. And he let's let's be honest, he was out of shape twenty years ago, <laughs> much less now. I guess the the popular opinion on who should have played him was Dan Aykroyd. Oh, that 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 is wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's perfect, actually. Yep, because it would actually work then and now. Like I could picture mid eighties Aykroyd as as Night Owl then. Right. That's that's pretty brilliant, actually. Yeah. Um, no, it was it was great. I loved it. Jeremy um, Irons, man. Oh, Jeremy Irons. <laughs> Jeremy Irons. All of it. Uh, everyone. Every performance was was really really great. Um, everyone. Like I'm top to bottom. Perfection. That episode with uh, the flashback episode, where she's reliving all of uh, Hooded Justice's. Yeah. Mem- oh my god. Intense. Super intense. But brilliant. Just just brilliant. Ah, uh, whole show, man. I'm, I'm yeah, still in awe. It was it was fantastic. Like I said, I loved it. Um, I loved it. You know, not as deeply as you loved it, only because again, your attachment to his horse material. You I, know, I love Watchmen. I think it's you know within the top five comic stories of all time, and you know, one of the great literary stories of all time. I um, love that. Uh, I love that they that Lindelof didn't shy away from from basically saying out i mean obviously this is a sequel to the comic yeah this is not a sequel to the movie right and it's just like man big ups (laughs) dude nailed it proper now can we get a crimson scare series or crimson terror the dude in the 
jogging. Red scare? Yeah, red scare. Give me a red... (laughs) I want a show that is the red scare hunting loop man. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. Let's make it happen. Do this. He was eating his Cheetos with a fork. He was. That's a life hack, bro. (laughs) Civilized. So, okay. It's so good, dude. Before we rolled tape in the digital sense of this, I post a picture of us doing on our Facebook page. Uh Uh-oh. We quickly got a text of questions from one Mr. J. Gelsomino. Oh, God bless him. Here we go. Questions this week. Drew and Carl. Hi. (laughs) What are your thoughts on 30 seconds to Morbius? works on so many levels. Jay, Jay is a master of the linguistic arts. I'm just yeah. going to put that out there. Uh, Morbius trailer does nothing for me. Like, it's... <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have nothing. Moving along. <laughs> um, Carl, are you freshly squeezed? Yeah, I suppose I am at this point. Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy, man. <laughs> Not gonna lie, that might have been the best match of the night. Oh, that tag match though! I it was great. It was great. That but, tag uh, match had everything I needed. In case you didn't know, folks, we're talking about uh, AEW Revolution, which was just this past Sunday, Saturday. Sorry. Oh, I love AEW. Orange Cassidy, man. Yeah, yeah. Orange Cassidy's awesome. Uh, Drew, what has been your least favorite part of AEW so far? Mm. Well, that Nightmare Collective stuff was pretty bad, but they sacked that. Um, they knew that it was bad, so they killed it. I think my least favorite part, and this is a, this is more of a me thing, I think, than it. I, I think I expected NJPW, but America, and it's not that. Right. It's different, but I'm actually totally fine with that because... It's it's its own thing. Yeah, I, we get the big matches. We get matches that matter, and and you know aren't terrible matches. By the way, they're all they're all you know largely good to yeah. great. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, they let guys talk. They let guys be themselves. They let they they build everybody up. No one is made out to be a total geek. Like you know, even the job guys. Yeah, they're job guys, but they know that, and they st- and even the job guys get some shine. Like, I, I, again, I, so I was talking to a friend today about wrestling, and I told him because we, you know, we, we we talk about everything, and I really, I've said this before. I want to live like a Vince free life. <laughs> yeah, I don't want it. I don't want to talk about WWE, but yet. Because of how big they are, I feel like I have to, you know, like right. in conversation with people, and I hate that. So what I'm going to say is, in WWE, like, man, nobody's over. Nobody feels important or, like, anything's going anywhere. It just, it's just one big, you know, it's, it's just it's just a big nothing, you know? Nothing, nobody feels like they're important at all. I mean, dude, they're they're by the way, they're in Buffalo right now. Yep, there's a SmackDown happening as we are recording this. Am I there? Court? No, God, God, no. Are we going to Dynamite in two weeks? Yes, yeah, we, we are. are. <laughs> um, so you heard that right, folks. I'm going to this time. Oh, you're gonna have fun. Um, 
So, you know, AEW, man, everyone feels important. Every segment builds somebody up. Yeah. And and not at the expense of tearing somebody down. Like, I, I can't explain that to you. But everything on Wednesday nights on that show, they're building people up. And especially in the last six weeks, dude, you know, like again, when it was like the Nightmare Collective stuff, like those first couple months, yeah. there was good stuff, there was, but there was like some not good stuff. Twenty Once the calendar turned, I feel like, 2020, they have been on a roll. They're like, they are rolling. Yeah. They, they, they got their stuff established. They kind of figured out what wasn't clicking. And now they're just like, okay, here's what works. Here's what we've established all these guys and their relationships and their dynamics. And now we're just letting it roll. And yeah. it just, it seems to be working really well. I know I am entertained every Wednesday. Um, so anyway, my least what? favorite thing was the Nightmare Collective and they, they, they swept that aside. What did you think of Jake the Snake showing up? This oh. <laughs> okay. Unexpected. I'm appreh- I, I'm apprehensive only because of his reputation. Yes, I'm very concerned about it because I saw the documentary. Yes, that, and I'm very concerned about him getting back into the life. That said, the life that was is not the life that is now, and I don't just right. mean him. I mean the business. Yeah, he's not in the '80s WWF locker room with a bunch right. of you know crazy juiced up. Two foot tall pile of cocaine in the corner. That's right. That's not the life yourself. That is not on the road, three hundred nights a year. That yeah. no, that is not. That is not AEW. The talent there and the guys now are way more chill. And AEW is once a week. It is not. They don't do house shows. Yeah. So if all he's got to do is show up for TV once a week and live his life as as best he can, I hope it. I just. I hope it works. So that's my concern about Jake the Snake. That said, what he delivered on Wednesday, whew, Jake, you still got it. Yes. Oh my God, he was fantastic. That, only, that's a guy who can yeah. he can he can talk you into a room, barely raising his voice. Yep, he's fantastic. Probably, probably one of the top five microphone workers. Yes. Oh yeah. In wrestling history. And think about it, like, in the, at the time he was doing it, you had Hogan and Macho Man and, like, the Warrior screaming and yelling into the camera, and Jake got you with a whistle. Yeah. Like, he got you real, he had to get him real close, and he just whispered, and, and it was, scared the crap out of you. He's so good. So I, I, I really hope he can keep his head on straight, and uh, if he can, that guy is going to, he's going to add so much value to, to that yeah. to the whatever he's doing he's adding value I think uh, just to kind of answer that question as well I think the only thing I don't like about it so far and I've been I've bought into this since day one I've gotten back into watching uh, wrestling um, the only thing I don't like about it so far is the uh, split screen commercial breaks yeah because it seems like they're missing a lot of big things happening Yes and no. I feel like if it's not if if they didn't do it, I wouldn't feel like I was missing anything. Right. Because what I don't know, I don't know. Right. But because they do it, I feel like I'm missing it, and I want the commercials to go away. Right. Yeah. I know. I feel you. So, but you know, but such a great roster. But like, some guys, some guys exploit that though. Like Sammy Guevara has made a thing of that, where he, he brings out the yeah, signs. Yeah, bring it out the signs. Like, hit yeah. me up with the green. Like, hey, Selma Hayek, hit me up. 
Really, really glad he got rid of the panda head. That's fine. Dude, he's killing it. He is yeah, killing it right now. Got a great persona going. His in-ring performance is stellar. Um, a, a couple of the ones I really gravitated to initially was uh, Darby Allen. He, he really is, he's ascending Darby right Allen. now, dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. That tag man, the, the, the tag to himself on Wednesday. Yep. Straight, they're, they're strapping a rocket to him right yeah. now. He's over. Um, the uh, obviously, I was uninitiated when it came to Orange Cassidy. <laughs> now you are initiated. Now I'm, now I'm where. Um, if I if Hangman Page got a personality, yeah, he's Leviathan over, dude. I don't know what that means, but I'll agree with you. It means he's super over. <laughs> yep. This was a guy who was like the perennial third wheel in the Bullet Club. He, I mean, I always knew that. That he he could wrestle, but he was always blander than bland. He, yeah, he was beige as a wrestler. Okay, now the drinking problem. <laughs> He's amazing. Well, um, I know you say it's kind of buffalo bias, but I still don't feel it is. Uh, Butcher and the Blade. Yeah, I really enjoy. They were really they kind of like grew on me as I like their along. look. If they start if they treat them seriously, I think it's going to be really cool. By yeah. the way, they um they get their food from Eat Right Foods. The local meal prep place. They, I checked Eat Right's uh, Instagram account, and I saw pictures of them there, like picking Alrighty. up their food. I'm like, oh my god, it's Butcher Blade and Bunny. What do you know? Cool in Buffalo. So yeah, fun Pretty times. Cool. The only other thing I would say is uh, that I don't like my least favorite thing. Uh, Kenny's not, you know, God of the Earth in NJP. Yeah, but you know what? That's okay. So question he will be someday. Question: They said on this past week's Dynamite that him and Nick Jackson are not cleared for performance. Yeah. Is that a job or is that real? Uh, work, you mean? Is it yeah. a work? job? Is a loser? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's it's a work. Okay, uh, Nick, Nick. I want to see them. I want to see Kenny Omega, Drew. Nick, uh, Nick Jackson is on um, Baby Watch. His wife is due any oh, any day now, okay. so right. he's he's in a holding pattern. And Kenny, um, in fairness, Kenny did break a finger in the tag match. So okay. he's going to be working with a cast probably. Um, I don't think he's going to miss any time. But that's yeah. he is legitimately it's hurt, be, but it's not serious. He'll be Bob Orton for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> There's worse things to be than Bob Orton. Just say, I'm, I'm just saying. Um, no, I'm really excited to uh, see Kenny Omega. He's amazing. I, having seen him a couple times live, uh yeah, Kenny Kenny Omega is the truth, and whenever the time comes to heat him up as the single ace of the company, yeah. they can do that, and it will be fine. I know it will happen. Let's let's let the company build as they're building because they're doing a great job. I mean, yep. I you know I'm I'm not trying to be over the top about it, but I just they've really in the last six to eight weeks, especially they yeah. are. They are doing very well, and I'm really happy about it. All decisions haven't been perfect. <laughs> Tattoo. Um, oh, Cody. <laughs> what did you do? Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Cool. Cool. Folks. I think we covered a lot of bases on this episode. We did cover a lot of bases. I was hoping this would just be a quick episode, but we got there. plans. <laughs> uh, folks, we're back. Kind of. Kind of. So next time. Uh, two weeks. Star Wars. Star Wars. All right. Okay. Episode four. Yep. New hope. Yes. Um, in the meantime, we would love to hear from you. If you would love to speak to us, send us some questions to be read on the show, make some comments, what have you. 
you can do so at the following social media locations. You can find us on Twitter at Devil's Do Pod. You can like our page on Facebook at facebook.com slash Devil's Do Pod. You can email us at the Devil's Do Pod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the Devil's Do Podcast.com. Drew, any closing thoughts? Um, watch for us in two weeks uh, on Dynamite. Sure. <laughs> March 18th. Watch yeah. us. Watch for us in, on Dynamite. We'll be in the crowd somewhere. We'll be the one with the Buffalo stuff on. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people will have the Buffalo stuff on. Yeah, that's true. Uh, fun fact. Did you see the guy uh, with the Buffalo jersey on at, Revo- at Revolution? Yeah. <laughs> was it Revolution? Or no, was it, it was uh, Dynamite the Dynamite week before. Dynamite League before, yeah. Yep. Go figure. Why yeah. not? We're gonna have fun. Yeah, and it's uh, be a good time. The next, our, our next show should also be fun. So help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. You are my only hope. Yeah, and whatnot. Come back and join us. Try you must not. Do or do not. There is no try. But we prefer you do. Yes. All right, folks. We'll talk to you next time.